Welcome to the Onyx Podcast. I'm your host this week, Dixie Cochran, here with Matthew Dawkins. I need an innovative way of saying hello. That'll do. <laughs> and Eddie Webb. Uh, hello, I guess. Uh, hello, you guess. I guess that's where we all are right now, uh, mood-wise. We're like, hi, I guess. What's up? Yeah, although a, a simple hello <laughs> is tried and tested. It's worked for around 100 episodes, so why break it now? I think you mean a simple Nello. 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 <laughs> I don't know why why the characters in Farzana do say Nello like that. Why they go Nello instead of <laughs> Nello. Nello, so, Nello sounds a bit too much like Mellow, I think. And no one ever says Mellow, Mellow. I mean, you don't know that. Somebody might. I've never encountered the man, woman. Uh, I've never encountered the person who said Mellow. But now, if you're listening, if you're listening, individual who might say it that way, please get in touch via MatthewDawkins.com. I would be pleased to interview you for the podcast. <laughs> that that is a can of worms you just opened right there. <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, not going to do too much of an intro and outro. We are presenting our podcast live. We just wrapped up uh, the Onyx Path virtual convention. How did you guys enjoy that? It was it was fun, honestly. Um, it, it wasn't uh, obviously the identical experience of uh, in-person convention, but it was a lot closer than I originally expected it to be. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a fair assessment. Uh, as I I wrote for the blog as well, there there were a fair amount of stresses in the build-up to it, undoubtedly, and I think there always are in a convention, regardless of whether it's online or in person. But the convention experience itself, while busy, was immensely positive. Uh, we played and ran some fantastic games and panels. All the panelists were so upbeat, enthusiastic. They really all contributed something to the to the panels on which they were present. The audience was constantly engaged, and we raised money for charity. So all in all, I'd say it was a success. Of course, after we do this recording, we've actually got a meeting to pour over how much of a success it was. So hopefully not. Right. Uh, I'm afraid we're bankrupt. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, let, let's have that in as a possible edit, Dixie. It was a dramatic failure, I think, of the, <laughs> of the worst possible. You know, as far as botches go, wow, we, we certainly underestimated how badly this convention could have gone. <laughs> I just imagine Rich starting off being like, so good news, bad news. <laughs> I feel like if it went that badly, we wouldn't have waited like four days after it to have this meeting. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's taken Rich that long to cash in all his offshore accounts in the Caymans, pack his bags. He's going to be Skyping in from the Azores today and say, hey, you remember that bag? You're the guys and girls left handling it. <laughs> well that would be a twist certainly yeah. not what i'm expecting uh, uh so I, I think it's fair to say we're probably more on the side of it went well versus rich has abandoned us all to massive amounts of debt i think on the scale of those two things we're more closer to a <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um I had a good time. I do agree that it was it was more convention-like than I anticipated. Um, I think even more so for me than virtual horror con was back in April because I'm used to participating in cons and like putting on cons. I'm not just attending. 
And right. with VHC, like, I, th- I, th- I think I was on one panel, like the Chronicles of Darkness panel, but um, it, I didn't feel like I was, you know, working the con the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I, I very much did because I was watching it even when I wasn't participating. And then on uh, Saturday, I think it was, I was in something like, you know, nine hours of programming. Mm-hmm. And uh, from, from nine in the morning with our What's Up panel, you know, up up to midnight wrapping up my They Came From Beneath the Sea game. Um, I was on screen, and uh, as I've as I said before, I, I've, I've read a couple things about how Zoom calls and and being on a screen take a little bit more out of you than an in person conversation because right. there's always somebody watching you, and mm-hmm. especially when you're streaming on Twitch and there's like over a hundred people watching you, yeah. you like you can't like you know take a breath or let your face fall or anything that you can do even in a convention panel room. Like you can kind of be sitting on a panel and look around and go like, oh okay, I can like scratch my nose real quick. You know, right. But it feels weird to do that on camera, especially when it's going to be on YouTube and everything else. So it's a bit of an odd feeling, but it was fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, the flip side for me, was like uh, uh, coming from the introverted perspective is that, uh, uh, yeah, there was more a little more exhaustion, not as much as I expected, honestly, because again, like while you're right about panels, it's still you're more or less on for the entire panel. Yep. And so it's like, well, I'm more or less on this panel, too. Well, that's a about right that's about what i expect from a panel um and then of course usually there's uh, it, other advantages like you know being able to answer a question in chat one-on-one rather than necessarily having to address it at the panel so like there's some minor questions like it's not worth talking about a panel but i can, I can do a quick kind of notes in the chat oh by the way blah blah, blah. um so they still feel like the question get answered but i don't have to disrupt the flow of the panel which you can't do in a live action setting as easily that would be, the equivalent would be like kind of talking to people after the panel outside the room or whatever we should get panels into a group chat. We do in-person panels next. That's a good so idea, actually. Everyone that comes in to join a group chat, they can ask silly mm. questions or questions that aren't super important in that group chat. I like it. I like it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. That that's a that's a really interesting idea, actually. Hmm. Yeah, was, and also people who are fun. like too too shy or for the reason are uncomfortable standing up and verbally asking a question can also do it that way too that might be cool yeah i can't tell you how many times i've been at a con like where it was a celebrity guest or something and i had something i kind of wanted to ask them and then i was thinking about it in my head and then i missed half the panel because i was going over my question in my head and then i didn't get to ask it anyway because i chickened out and like yeah it'd be cool if i could just like pop it in a chat and be like you don't know who i am that asked that yeah i think there's also the uh the benefit of the pe- people on the panel not having to deal with anything aggressive or rude it doesn't happen often but happens more with i guess celebrity panels and at comics conventions where an irate fan who's upset about the last dc reboot uh, or crisis, as they're known, will stand up and bemoan something, leaving everyone in a very awkward position. Whereas if it's all <laughs> submitted in text, they can just bypass that question and move on to a better one. Yep, or the moderator could, you know, accent. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. But, but yeah. I would say as well, and I pointed it out in the opening ceremony, but I think uniformly we had more attendees at our panels and especially at the games than we ever would have at face-to-face conventions yeah it turns out not everybody has the time or resources to go to conventions yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people can log onto their computer for free yep oh yeah uh, Which, 
Put your hat on. But as we're not uh, make it, we're not charging people to attend our panels uh, conventions either. Uh, it's I don't know. I just think it's a really it's it's an excellent thing that we were always upwards of fifty or sixty people. Usually we hovered at maximum around the 200, 250 mm -hmm. figure. That was at sort of peak. But that was still more than any room that we've ever taken up at Gen Con could, uh, could contain, I think. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, in all, I really thought it was a success, especially for the fans that attended. Yeah, no, I, I super enjoyed it. So, um, so for context, what you all are about to hear is the live pathcast that we did at the convention itself. Um, so I, I think we were pretty good about reading questions aloud before we answered them. So there shouldn't be too much going on out of context there. Um, although there were probably some visual things because it was a video. If you don't want to listen to this and you prefer to watch the video, it is up on Twitch and should be up on our YouTube very soon. Yes. Um, so yeah, so if you're not interested in just listening to us do a live thing and you'd rather watch our faces, uh, you you can do that. Um, but you'll miss this lovely outro that we're going to do afterwards. Because <laughs> we always do a wonderful outro. Always. Because we are always so on point and on topic. Yeah, seamless. Uh, yep, yep. So without further ado, this is the live podcast from the Onyx, Onyx Path of Virtual Con. Welcome to the Onyx Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dixie Cochran, here with my co-host, Eddie Webb. Hello. And Matthew Dawkins. Nello. I figured I had to at least do that part, right? Yeah. Like I had to at yeah. least do the like thing we always do. Yeah, cue, cue the farty horns, as someone already said. Uh, yeah, this is the Onyx Pathcast Live. Uh, just to add a wrinkle to this, it's fun. I burned my thumb while I was doing my hair uh, not 10 minutes ago. So I just touched my coffee mug and it hurt really badly. You um, shouldn't do that. That's not good. I'm going to hold a cold drink in my left hand with the burned thumb and a hot drink in my right hand. Uh, multitasking. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We definitely don't have uh, anything planned. So we're going to chat with y'all here in the audience. Um, I know a bunch of people are tuning in who have been listening to the podcast for a long time. So you pretty much know us. You know what we're about. You know what we do. Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar with us, we are the in-house developers for the Onyx Path. Uh, we are all in charge of different things, but we cross over enough that we've all worked on most of the properties at this point. Um, yeah, we do a, a, a weekly podcast where we talk about everything. And now we're doing sometimes it on video. Relevant. Yeah. It's, it, it's, and sometimes like uh, this past week, we had a plan to do something relevant and then it wasn't relevant for the first half hour. We were just talking. Uh, and I see uh, Yodan has uh, commented to say that uh, they've been following us. Uh, in fact, he's been following us since episode one, uh, which I think means automatically wins the raffle, the giveaway on this. No, <laughs> not really. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, that he already owns like most of what we well, are raffling off. Who wouldn't benefit from two copies of the same PDF? Uh, Megan's already got a question. She asks, who's this Eddie Webb? Uh, just some guy, you know? Yep. Uh, hoopy fruit. Uh, yeah, the thing that you are going to be able to see on this version and not on the audio-only version is that there is a cat on my desk right now, like literally right, right. Don't, no, honey. Hi, Wednesday. She's, she's right under the camera. This About is to see be the cat uh, launch himself at Dixie. Oh, yeah. the there's a tail. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've obviously been going along with this convention for the last day, and it's been pretty damn active uh, on Twitch, on Discord, on YouTube. Uh, 
I should say, by the way, because we have been neglecting to do so, that if anyone watching this is interested in uh, playing in any games in on Discord, uh, then by all means go over to the Gehenna Gaming and Onyx Path Discords where uh, drop-in games are taking place. If you want to run one, that's ideal because then you can go into the Looking for Groups sub-server and say, hey, I'd love to run a one-shot of this game or that, and mm -hmm. people may well gravitate towards you. Lots of games going on in this uh, in this weekend time frame, so please take advantage of that if you want to do some gaming. Yeah, um, we do also have all of our streams going uh, throughout the weekend, and we are uh, raising money for two charities. Uh, we're doing the Badana Group, which we've talked about before. We've had them on the podcast. Uh, they use games as therapy and therapy as games. It's very, very cool. Um, and they're also raising money for the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, which it does scholarships for mostly HBICs. Uh, so it's a really awesome fund that will benefit some very bright people in the future. Um, so please, if you haven't donated yet, donate to either of those. If everyone that watches every stream donates like $1, we'll hit our goal in no time. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the figure just keeps going up and up, which is, of course, fantastic. I don't think it's going to go down. Uh, but I would love it if we can hit at least 75% of our funding by the end of today. Maybe that's a tall order, but I would like to I would like to see that. So someone with a lot of money, donate $100, $200. Do it now. <laughs> no pressure. But I'm look, I don't want to be disappointed in you. I'm just saying, like, I keep seeing people do, like, gift subs to our Twitch and things like that, and that's awesome, but if the choice is between doing a gift sub or a sub to our Twitch right now and donating that $5 to the charity, please choose the charity. Yeah. This is not about us getting subscribers. Yeah, or do both. But, I yeah, mean, the but charity first. both of you can. Like I said, <laughs> the choice is between the $5 here and $5 there. Please, throw it out there. So what have you two been up to so far in this con? Oh, God. I feel like I've done so much. Um, we did the opening ceremonies, of course, last night. Yep. All mm -hmm. of us. That was fun. Uh, and then I played Exalted Essence. Oh, wait. And then we had a developer panel about how a game gets developed. And, of course, we got bogged down talking about process because Eddie and I, like, oh, Eddie especially. Process. But I, I like, <laughs> Eddie likes talking about process in general. I like throwing in just, like, minutia <laughs> and just being like, <laughs> also, this one tiny thing that bothers me. Um <laughs> And that's, I mean, it's kind of how the path cast goes, really. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> True. so we did that, and then we had our Exalted Essence playtest last night at 9. It was the last thing I did yesterday, um, but that was really, really fun, and it was my first time getting to, like, roll dice in the new system, as opposed to just kind of looking at it on a page. Uh, and it was really cool. Like, it, it felt, like, Exalted. It felt big, and it felt epic, and uh, it was a pretty straightforward adventure. We just, you know, talked to some funeral priests and then stomped the bad guy. Because that's what you do. Um, but seeing how a mixed exalt party worked was really fun. Uh, getting to showcase a few different rules between like uh, some of the combat and uh, some of the like smaller exalted. Like I, I changed somebody's fate because I was playing a sidereal. Um, yeah, so that's fun. Also, the cat's now trying to eat the blinds. So if the other person in my house is watching this and wants to come get their cat, <laughs> I would not be upset about that. Yes. <laughs> Roommate, I need you to look at Twitch to let me to understand. I need you to go get the cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, she's trying to eat the blind cord, and that's not good. Uh, Nordland, I see you uh, wanted to see the Essence play, but uh, had to run Mage. 
do not worry. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure most of the content that's taking place over the course of this weekend is going to end up on our YouTube channel. It may not be immediate. I don't want to just flood everyone's notifications with a uh, bombardment of uploads, but we will be transferring files as and when possible. Um, so, yeah. What about you, Eddie? What have you done so far? Um, mostly it's been uh, panels so far. Um, uh, uh, like, like Dixie said, we were all in opening ceremonies, and that was interesting. I actually haven't done an opening ceremony in quite a long time, and so it was kind of neat to be able to, like, oh, let's talk about what the convention is going to be like and what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I talked a lot about process because I really enjoy talking about process. Um, but uh, I also uh, actually sat in and watched the um, What's Up with, with uh, Onyx Path panel this morning, which was nice. It was interesting being kind of on the other side of the screen. And, yeah, you were like the mod for that one. Like, I think it, it, it was funny to watch because every time somebody asks some question about like a White Wolf property that we can't talk about until Paradox White Wolf announces it, mm-hmm. like every time Eddie was just there with like, that's not on us. Like, we can't <laughs> say it. Like, come on. I mean, he was, he was nicer, but yeah. Yeah, it was something like, you know, well, unfortunately, we have to, you know, ask Paradox and Michael for that first. We'd love to do them, blah, blah, which is true. I mean, that, that is the case, but that's also was the answer for a lot of the questions, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that a lot of those just aren't our announcements to make. Right. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd love to make them if we had them to make, but a lot of the big stuff, especially when they're like, is there going to be a Wraith 5? Like, that's definitely not going to be from us as an announcement, probably. Yeah. Like, uh, it would be from them as an announcement. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there will be, but uh, yeah, there's nothing we can uh, say. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Um, I do um, want to say that some, someone very early on in the chat um, did uh, actually, it was very nice that said thank you for uh, the original White Wolf uh, blogcast, which was kind of spiritual predecessor to this podcast where I was sitting in a room by myself talking about White Wolf process. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and, and so like, I appreciate that uh, people still think fondly of that uh, that podcast, but also um, I just realized, as they had mentioned it, we've now done more episodes of the Onyx Pathcast than I did of the original White Wolf blogcast. So. And did you do that weekly? Um, I did it more or less weekly. It started off bi-weekly, it became weekly, um, but also it was much shorter. It was like 15-minute episodes. Um, so, I mean, in terms of sure content, we've done way more all content quotes. I mean... <laughs> That's actually one thing that we haven't, like, we've we've talked about the kind of inception of the podcast on here, um, but we never have talked about the, like, early discussions. And I remember one of them was me being, like, a current podcast avid listener kind of bringing you up to speed on it because you were yeah. like yeah we'll do like 15 minutes and i'm like no one's gonna listen to a 15 minute episode every week like that's just like that's that's, that's not worth people's time weirdly because a lot of people use podcasts like while they're driving to and from work while they're you know doing dishes while they're exercising whatever um and most people i know like every podcast i listen to runs about an hour at minimum mm-hmm. some of them run two hours for per, per show depending on what it's about and so I was the one that kind of was pushing and I was like, it's got to be at least 45 minutes to an hour, like four minutes to an hour. And I mean, every now and then it's nice to have those quick bit bites. Like there's a, a daily news podcast that comes out every morning with like 15 minutes just to catch you up. And so sometimes that's great. Um, and I have no problem with that. But generally nowadays, podcasts tend to be 45 minutes to two hours, depending on the subject. Um, and I, I think that served us well because we've managed to get really deep into topics that we wouldn't be able to get into otherwise. 
Yeah, oh, and so, yeah. If you're into 15 minute blasts of Onyx Path related news, I do do the Onyx Path news generally straight to the YouTube channel, and they normally last about 15 minutes, cover new mm -hmm. releases, anything upcoming that we're working on, things like that. So uh, that is another avenue for you for a short burst. Yeah. Also, somebody asked what's on my mug, and uh, it is a Sailor Moon teacup. So it's all the Sailor Scout silhouettes with different colors around them. I, I, I'm shocked. Jupiter and Venus in the back there. I like I like cool. how the Onyx Path background is appearing on it because of the magic of uh, yeah. Blue technology. Look at that. Yeah. It is uh, Sailor Onyx Path is right there. That's not, that's not Sailor Mercury anymore. Um, this will be wonderful audio content. But yeah, no, I just wanted to like try to answer a question. Uh, the Sailor Moon mug. Uh, because for some reason I didn't grab the same mug I was using two hours ago because I'm wasteful and want to wash two mugs today. How dare you? How dare you, Dixie? So I come here directly from the uh, Running Your Best RPG panel. That was fun. I watched yeah. that while I was uh, oh. eating and stuff. Oh, lovely. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, that was a uh, panel that I was on with uh, Latia Jaquiz, Eloy Lasanta, Justin Achille and uh, yeah it was some lovely differing views on various subjects like uh, how to run your best horror game pacing running games for children uh setting mood ambience and the like in games some things i will even steal for tonight's v5 game it'll be tonight for me anyway when i'm running it mm -hmm. uh, so yeah no that was great fun and it's uh, always lovely to uh chat with justin i don't get to talk to him very often at all we kind of um i started working for onyx path around the time justin stopped really contributing to most tabletop rpgs i guess uh i have since had the opportunity to hire him uh he worked on solemn veil for me uh for dirty vortex mark kelly's company a frequent Ooh. artist of ours but yeah it's um we, we've been kind of like ships that pass in the night but yeah always very insightful uh, actually, Matthew, since we have you here, uh, Elsa Zion was asking if we can get the news YouTube thing as a podcast as well. I only have so much time, damn it. Yes, uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, right now, there's so much, and I know we commented on this a little with yesterday's Pathcast. Uh, managing time and commitments and work and everything like that is more of a struggle right now than you might otherwise think thank you for the plus one modifier um then you might otherwise think it would be because i think a lot of people went into the lockdown or isolation situation thinking uh, okay i'm gonna have a lot more time on my hands and uh, for most people i think that i've spoken to so speaking anecdotally uh, i don't think that has turned out to be the case and especially for us, uh, just discussions between us, what we discussed on yesterday's Pathcast. Uh, so for people listening to this, maybe last week's Pathcast, I don't know when we're putting this one on, Podbean. Um, Podcast from June 12th, 2020. Yes, uh, that's the best way to do it. That is the most specific dating we have ever done. In fact, we sometimes say today, today or yesterday, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so the that's a very long answer to a short question i would love to do the onyx path news as a podcast as well uh, but really it's just about finding time getting into the right mind the m sort of right uh, mindset to sit down do a recording possibly edit it probably not and get it uploaded 
it can take a bit of time and different energies than mm. developing, writing, editing, whatever the task at hand happens to be, or just going through emails. Right. Um, it's an odd time we're living in and working in right now. And also, I mean, I think to to a larger point, um, a lot of what we're we've been doing, particularly in the past couple of years, uh, has been trying things out, um, and so. You know, we're, we're, when we're doing these things, it's like, let's try this and see how it works. Let's try that and see how it works. Uh, and that's something that we're constantly adjusting and reassessing. And sometimes a thing we try to work out, a couple of people really like, but most, it's just not getting a bunch of traction. So we end up just not doing it. Mm -hmm. um, other things we do, you try out and it works really, really well. And then it's like, oh, okay, now we need to just focus that. Um, I know when we first started talking about the Pathcast, um, we, we had a pretty rigid structure. It's like, we're going to talk about a topic this week, and then we're going to interview somebody, and that's going to be the, the cadence and the structure. And over time, that's evolved and changed, and now we've done, it, it's in a different place and doing different things, mm -hmm. um, which I think is natural for anything that's been going on for two years now. Um, we've already had a lot of people who are very excited, who are like, hey, is this Onyx Path Convention going to be going next year? And the answer is, eh. mm -hmm. um, we need to see how this one kind of pans out and how this works. Um, I mean, so far, it looks great, but, you know, there's also a once it's all done, we need to look at, you know, the metrics, look at how everything done, what things we could do differently. Is it something in our wheelhouse? Because to be perfectly blunt, I know it's been said before, but it's worth saying again, we couldn't have done this for for Gehenna Gaming. Um, we would not be doing this right now if it wasn't for them. Just had a Herculean effort to come in and help us try to put this on. So that's something else that we need to think about. It's like, are they able to work with us again next year? So yeah. lots of factors to think about yeah because even with our huge like we, we, we have a big stable of freelancers but getting everybody on the same page as far as like jamming or you know running panels or what have you would have been a lot whereas gonna has a like pr like previously put together convention structure of of people um and so they were kind of able to do a lot of the, the game running and stuff that we're not doing live um or that they're doing over on their channel while we do some of the panels but like yeah we they they made some of the videos and graphics and stuff. Uh, we had you know Meredith Gerber work on some of that too. Like, yeah, we we needed help because our our in house team it would have taken us a lot longer to put this together of just us and uh, the content probably wouldn't have been nearly as like nine a.m. to midnight kind of programming. Right. Another thing is that um, uh, I know there are a lot of people who perceive us as a quote unquote large company. And it's, it's just not true. There's only like a handful of us. There's only three or four people that are full-time employees. The rest of us are contractors. And so we're trying all this new stuff while also trying to get books done and games made. Um, so, I mean, anything that we, you know, want to dig into, it's, it's, it's spend time putting together this convention. You know, Matthew is not doing as much work on some of his other stuff, or he's working between panels, apparently, uh, as, as I found out today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you threw me in that. Like, I just assumed that this weekend we weren't doing other work. Oh, God, Gehenna Gaming's raiding us. We're being raided uh, with our own people. Oh, no. Um, it's the best kind of raid. Uh, yeah, well, no, no. Um, I mentioned that last night because... Um, Mike sent me. Uh, th this is the kind of tangents we go off on when listening to the podcast. If you've never listened to the Onyx podcast before, expect it to have no kind of linear structure, or very rarely. I think we're better at interviews in terms of linearity than we are our rambles like this. Um, but yeah, Mike Cheney, fantastic art director, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, sent me back the second proof of Contagion Chronicle last night and asked me um you know get to this when you can and i thought 
I'm not tired yet. I'm still sort of riding the high of the opening ceremony. So I thought, I'll go through and do the second proofing. Found the things that needed changing and sent it back to them. So that was that. And that and that's and that's fair. But I mean, uh, at, like I said, because we're a, 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 actually a really small company, um, in a lot of ways, it it still means that when we try new stuff, it's it's taking uh, bandwidth and time. And also, when you're trying something new, it takes twice as long, three times as long to, to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that isn't to say that we're deprioritizing games. Quite the opposite. It means usually more the the, the um, new initiatives. Sometimes it weird it happens in weird fits and starts. Like this happened very very quickly because, like Matthew said, we found somebody else who could pick this up and, and help us out with it. And so they were able to kind of get. It Cross finish line much faster than we would have done if we'd done it on our own. There's other things where it's like we've been wanting to do this for two years, and we just keep trying to find a time to make it happen. Um, and sometimes uh, uh, Rich is in a position where he could bring somebody new in, or we can hire a new contractor, and they can start to take that to another stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why the, we we always say things happening. They're really cool. Some of them have been in the works for a long time. Some of them are very very short. And it's not that we love or hate certain things and why we, they do or don't get attention. It's just we only have so many hours in the day. And with the current uh, uh, pandemic, like Matthew said, it's it's harder and harder to actually get that time sometimes scraped together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, someone asked, is Mike Cheney going to be in a panel at some point um, or a guest for one of your interviews? Um, he's definitely going to be on an art panel later on in this convention. Uh, tomorrow, yeah. No, on Sunday. Um, as for interviews, uh, uh, we've talked about it internally. Um, we're certainly not adverse to having Mike on board, but last time we chatted with him a couple of years ago, he was kind of like, eh, not really interested in it. So. Cheney, Cheney is wonderful uh, as, as a person and as and at what he does, but he's not really... Uh, a people person like i think cheney's least favorite part of conventions is the convention mm-hmm. like when he w- when he would have to go to conventions he was like pretty excited about going to eat food with us and hang out and stuff but right. and like maybe go find some new artists to look at uh but mostly cheney wants to sit in his house with his dogs and paint miniatures right um and I that's can, great yeah i can completely <laughs> <laughs> valid that's a valid lifestyle uh, i have no problem with it uh, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, if he wants to come on, sure. But if he doesn't, we're not going to make him. I, th- I, right. I think that's been like one of our things for the podcast for a long time is that if you don't hear from certain developers, like we're not going to force anybody to be on it. No. Um, and not everybody has time and not everybody wants to be on a podcast and not everybody wants to sit there and talk about themselves for an hour. And like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you, you have to be on extra one of our developers if you really don't want to. Like that's 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 just consent culture. Like I don't want I'm gonna force anyone to be on our show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like we're happy uh, to have it on. And any writers and developers watching this, if you want to come on to the show, don't feel that you need to wait for us to approach you. There's no shame at all in saying, Hey, I'd love to come on and talk about this game mm-hmm. or or uh, this process or whatever you happen to want to talk about. Uh, believe me, we sometimes have meetings that or we trail off after a podcast and think okay what's next week's episode going to be about and if there's people volunteering ideas or themselves as tributes or sorry guests we um <laughs> we yeah we are more than happy to receive them schedule permitting but of course you know conversely you may say i want to do this and we'll say well we just had someone talking about that two weeks ago but we'll get in touch with you in a month or two okay. so in other words never feel shy about reaching out mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes we have talked to people, like, we always have to make it a discussion with the three of us. Um, so if there's somebody that's only written on, like, maybe one book, um, and they don't want to talk about, like, a big subject that we can get a whole lot out of, they just want to talk about, like, a small supplement, we might not do that. Or we might do it as, like, a short interview sometime that we can put into a longer episode. We, we've done a little bit of that with, like, convention recordings, mm -hmm. uh, where we've recorded, like, 15 minutes with, you know, Giga Burgess or whoever. And then, or I think Crystal Mazur did, like, a short one with yeah. one time. Yeah. And then just like thrown it into a, a longer episode. Um, but we haven't done that too much yet with our at-home recordings. We might, have, we might want to look into that. Is like getting a bunch of writers to talk about, you know, stuff for 15, 20 minutes each that doesn't take up the whole hour, hour and a half slot. Right. Um, or we can always just ramble on for a half hour intro and outro like we often do. Yep. About horns, Resident Evil music. What would you say, looking back across over a hundred episodes, have been our most commonly recurring themes? Uh, so, farty horns aside, because that's only really the last five episodes. Uh, what the, else? Um, obligatory wrestling reference was it was a really old inside joke we did for a while that we yeah you know that that died on the vine as it right. were. Uh, was, it did go for a while before we finally said, you know what, we're done with this. Yeah, about. 18, 19 episodes, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty long. It'll happen sometimes. Like every now and then, even like I'll like use a term and be like, ah, wrestling reference. But right. uh, it's, it's definitely kind of a, a callback at this point more than it is a, a running joke. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth forcing it into an episode just so we, it's not a wrestling podcast after all. I think the other kind of long term reference that we use intermittently is um, your propensity for going into the sea. Yes. But I do that in real life as well. I, uh, and I don't mean I just walk into the sea in real life. Uh, just thing is like it's like a, like right now I'm just like I'm leaving this podcast. Just... Yeah, right, right now I am ankle deep in water. Um, <laughs> I think there's a flood. Um, the um, yeah, no, I I think I've always been a bit. Um, I've always leaned towards maritime references. I don't know what. Actually, I do know why. It's because my granddad was in the Fleet Air Arm, which is an extension of the Navy, oh. Royal Navy, and uh, so I grew up being told to do things like um, well, where, references that are fairly common uh, in the UK, like I decked him. Uh, in other words, I knocked him out. That's knocking someone to the deck of a ship. Um, things like oh, now that yeah. I'm fought myself, I can't think of them. I've used the phrase like decked somebody several times. I've always known that. I just never actually knew what it referred to. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's loads that were just sort of embedded in my mind just because of the way he spoke. He wasn't like a sort of briny uh, sailor sat in the corner with a pipe and a, and a hat with an anchor on it. But um, he was pretty close. And so, yeah, I just uh, grew up with that, I guess. Hmm. That's understandable. I don't know. I feel like breaking into random song is something that happens yes. fairly yes. frequently, whether it's me or one of y'all. Um, that happens a lot. Not uh, you, Eddie. No, but he'll like go along with it. <laughs> um, Dragged along. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my singing tends to be reserved to Russell Crowe as Javert. And also various Martian sounds. Yes, although Rich, <laughs> Rich is better at the Martian sounds. <laughs> the awkward silent song somebody mentioned. Yep. I guess yep. we do still throw that out there occasionally. Uh, I do see you saying that editing and development come up, but that's kind of what the podcast is about. So I think right. we're thinking more <laughs> of like running more the bits. point. Yeah, well, we need to clamp down on that. Stamp it out. <laughs> I was about to say, you, you would argue that perhaps it should be more of a point than we make it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to talk about editing ever again, I guess, since that's not what you want to hear about. No. Um, 
Fenris Chosen is mentioning Clan Grumble Snarks. I don't recognize the idea of Grumble Snarks. I think they were it's... a bloodline of the Grumble Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were and a, they a weird were, offshoot. Yeah, long ago sealed up in a cloud. Uh, it was a symptom of the Grumble Duke discipline that they can actually seal other vampires in clouds and then just set them up set them off into the sky um they constantly feel the burn of the sun but they never actually disintegrate so they're the most perfectly tanned vampires i would say one of the most ongoing things that we do is derailing within the first 10 seconds uh often because matthew has introduced himself in a strange and unusual way right uh where like you know (laughs) one of us will try to be like yeah, normal, like, welcome to the Onyx Podcast, I'm your host, da, 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 here, uh, and then, like, say, Matthew Dawkins would be, like, a pause, and then just, like, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and, like, for some reason, I never expect it, probably because it's slightly different every time. Mm. I think I just get bored easily <laughs> within the first five seconds of an episode. Um, <laughs> Let's start. Yeah. <laughs> They'll snore at the next one. I, I don't know. I just, I think I just... Uh, maybe I, I entertain myself sometimes and uh, it's the it's that gming thing coming out megan wants me to sing do you want to have a sword fight which i don't remember all the words to sadly enough can uh, you go do 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 for the bits you don't know the words to <laughs> i mean yeah uh so bit of backstory here actually uh gen con 2017 uh when megan and i had to take over the cavaliers of mars panel because uh rose was ill um, we were cramming for the Keller's Mark panel in the bar the night before. Like, I pulled out my laptop, I was reading through the manuscript because I hadn't looked at it in like a year or two at that point. Um, and Megan hadn't looked at it in forever. Uh, and there is a sidebar that I think is called like, So You Want to Have a Sword Fight, or like, Do You Want to Have a Sword Fight? Something like that. Uh, because uh, fighting rolling dice and cavaliers, it's very optional as to whether or not you roll dice or fight, or if you just do it all narratively. Um, Cavaliers is a very narrative heavy game so you can just like throw the dice out the window for the most part if you want uh, although there is a very cool dice system and uh, I have since found out that Rose intended this when she wrote it uh, but the title of the sidebar is supposed to echo the famous song from Frozen, Do You Want to Build a Snowman and Megan and I over the course of two minutes, three minutes wrote like the entire like do you want to have a sword fight come on and draw your blade you know, I just, just went for it and like wrote a whole couple of verses and I wish I could remember all of them. Um, it was really, really fun. But yeah, I'll, apparently we're very funny on 1.5 or times two speed, which is also great. Well, I would argue to say that you and I are pretty consistently at 1.5 speed normally, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like me at two speed has to be ridiculous. I'm already a very fast talker, as are you. Yeah, I start uh, sounding vaguely normal at 1.5. Yeah. Dominic also said that we should have, just for funsies, an episode about show tunes or musicals or something, because it does come up all the time. Um, I feel like that might be it might be an episode where Eddie gets the week off, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I mean, Eddie deserves. Well, I can host. Off. I can ask you guys questions. Yeah. What What is a show tune? Yeah. What are you talking about? I could continue to be confused that you talk about Gary Indiana in the vampire sense constantly, but do not know the song Gary and Indiana from The Music Man. Like, I don't understand how you can hear the words Gary Indiana and not hear uh, that 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 song in your head. 
Well, we found out through Facebook we have this common Grease 2 connection as well. I love Grease 2. It's mm. so bad. A cool rider. A cool rider. Yeah, that's clearly the best Grease movie. Because I want a writer that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, that Michelle Pfeiffer is straddling that ladder like out of nowhere. Well. Just, oh my God. Like, it's it's O O L I D E R. Like, it's such a random thing, though, because, like, this, this guy's, like, asking her out, and she just, like, she's, like, no, I don't want to date you, and it's really serious. All of a sudden, the music kicks in, and, and she just, like, walks three steps, and she goes, so you really want to know what I want in a guy? And it's, like, yes, he literally asked you that. Like, yeah. and <laughs> literally, also, all you want is a guy that rides motorcycles who is cool by your arbitrary standards. Yeah, it's a. odd, isn't it, that Sandy and Danny kind of went for more than that they they were looking for a deeper relationship in greece uh, than in greece too which was purely superficial uh, i mean if you start looking at the secondary characters in greece too it's even worse um but you know some some classic belters as they say in <laughs> someone just said that greece too was the pinnacle of the greece cinematic universe <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, we, we don't mention love never dies in this house, Prisca Squin. It doesn't exist. Love should die, as far as I'm concerned. Or well, um, let's do it for our country. Nope. Nope. That song's blue. creepy as fuck. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was asked, uh, for some reason, Eddie, you weren't, but I'll pitch it to you as well. Uh, in WWE Onyx Path, who would you want on your side and who would you fear the most in the ring? So oh, I would definitely fear Dixie. You'd she's fear Dixie. Yeah, oh, she's a fighter. Oh, yeah. She'll fight anybody. <laughs> she's known for it. <laughs> Goes for I the have, legs, just takes I, you out. I have my own Dixie fight emoji in the in our Discord. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, well, who would you have on your side then, Eddie? If you um, can't have Dixie. Dixie is your opponent at WrestleMania. Uh, it, it depends if, like, if it's just I had to grab someone at random you know, at a moment's notice, um, probably you, because you actually know what you're doing. But if I had time to build up something, it would be Lisa, because Lisa Thomas, when she's angry, is genuinely terrifying. Mm. Could do a sort of million-dollar man Ted DiBiase gimmick with Lisa, because she controls the finances. Right, exactly. So yeah, she see, going, <laughs> and throwing dollars at people or taking their <laughs> money away and saying, you might want to fight, but you ain't getting paid unless you lose to my fighter, Eddie Webb. That kind of thing. Someone just uh, suggested they came from stage left as uh, the next they came from book, and I am all for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, we'll do a musical one next. I'd go for Mike Cheney. Uh, Honestly, I would be his okay, manager yeah. from a, uh, I'd be a sort of weaselly manager, a sort of <laughs> jumping up and down, clapping him on the back. Yeah, look at my fighter, Mike Cheney, who's just this gruff uh, ogre <laughs> <laughs> who just smashes people and walks off again. <laughs> Nice. How about you, Dixie? Uh, I'd be part of a tag team with. Um, I got three people on a team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could get. Who do I want on my team? Rule. Okay, so I'm going to have Danielle Lozon. Uh, mm, yeah. Because yeah, I think I think she yeah, could fight people. Uh, and uh, let's go with Megan. Megan Fitzgerald. I think that. I think that the, the team of of Danielle, Megan, and myself. Could do really well. Uh, conversely, Monica Specka, we could do like a tall and short thing. There you mm -hmm. go. We have like a whole gimmick. 
where she's yeah, like that... a foot taller than me because she literally is about a foot taller than me. Uh, that could be fun. Yeah, could be good. Good stuff. Would you have matching outfits or would you go for sort of opposites attract kind of thing? Uh, I think we'd have outfits that like were, you know, thematically tied, but weren't mm. matching. They're not like mm. matchy matching, but... So like some some color, maybe some color connections and some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some elements. Color, maybe like some accessories. We have like some cool like bracers or something, cool boots. Yeah, probably I, all I, of us have like big stompy boots. Yeah, of course, yeah. I think I'm gonna have to put Mike in a sort of demolition road warriors spiky studded leather. I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> He's wearing it right now. Actually, you don't realize it. But... Yeah, yeah. Um. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so um, as we're uh, uh, sitting here talking, um, definitely feel free to put uh, questions in the comments. Um, uh, uh, ideally, it would be nice if you preface with a question in all caps. It's a little easier to see that way. Yeah. Um, Megan did remind us uh, a little bit earlier while we were talking about other stuff that I, I forgot that all the verses to say you want to have a sword fight ended with, okay, die, uh, <laughs> which makes it way better. Which really I, yeah, that is... Uh, an important piece of information. Um, so, so that's that's. Uh, so again, for those of you who have never listened to the Pathcast before, this is kind of how it goes, really. We'll talk a lot about Omic's um, past stuff, and then we'll talk about whatever kind of comes to mind. And that's something that um, I know a couple of people have commented on to the effect of like, I wish you guys would talk more about the games or whatever. And that's something that we do try to make time to talk about those games. Um, but uh, also, you know. One of the things that has been nice is that Rich gives us a really kind of a, a long lead, as it were, on this. Um, we don't really get much of a direction. Um, we do try to occasionally, you know, we'll talk as a company every Monday, and then sometimes someone comes and say, oh, yeah, we'll mention it in the podcast, or oh, we'll try to find a place up in. So, like, if they have ideas, we definitely take them on board. But, I mean, you know, we, we definitely try to make this something more about three colleagues and them trying to chart their way through this sometimes mm -hmm. ludicrous industry. Someone asked favorite Fire Emblem character and why is it Edelgard? And that's incorrect. The best Fire Emblem characters are definitely Hubert or Dadu, my two boys. Um, oh, no. Because you can't subdue Dadu. You can't subdue Dadu. Um, and Eddie, I know you have a different answer. Well, it is Edelgard. I mean, so. Well, that's incorrect. <laughs> um, my answer is Grumble Duke. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlockable character. It's only yeah. in mind. Uh, I, I, I haven't played fire emblem so um, but i hear it's very good that's the uh, that's the thing you're supposed to say isn't it when you're at dinner parties oh i don't know anything about that oh, that's very interesting what yeah. you so somebody else asked what would you each like to see in the c20 universe million changing 20 um i mm. like it as is i don't know what i would add or take away from it uh changeling was never like changeling uh the dreaming was never my number one jam mm. and i always did love the the slua and the she and all as they were presented so What's one of the My, things that? Oh, okay. Sorry, you go ahead, Eddie. Okay, I was just gonna say is like one of the things that I think uh, the the 20th anniversary books in general do really well is that there's so much inside of each of them that um, I find that uh, we do this on V20 and World 20. Sometimes it's like, what do we say next? Because we covered so much in that core book. Yeah. Eventually, we do find room for supplements, and whatnot. But I mean, you know, the the, the goal is that once we have a few books out that should ideally be a relatively complete experience. So mm -hmm. the 20th, I mean, the other game lines, you know, 
there's different uh, design decisions made, but for the 20th anniversary books in particular, really is it's like let's try to get as much as, as interesting, cool stuff into the core book and maybe a couple supplements as we possibly can. So I feel like honestly, we did a lot with C20. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really good core book, honestly, the C21, and I say that with a certain amount of ego because I worked on it. And uh, I do think, though, without opening a, a door again to Contagion Chronicles uh, levels of work, which uh, took up a fair amount of attention, uh, the thing that I would really love to see more of is Changeling interacting with other World of Darkness games. Uh, it's interesting because Werewolf and Vampire, while they don't work together, they often appear in each other's games. Uh, Wraith and Vampire has that natural uh, culmination, especially when you're starting to look at Giovanni or Hecata and Wraith. And you could say the same thing for Mages and Tremere. While the Changelings have some... I would say forced connections with Ravnos, Malkavians, or Kiasi, depending on the edition you're yeah. looking at or the sect you're playing as. Uh, I think it would be really interesting to play in a Changeling Chronicle or see a Changeling book that really goes into Changelings and vampires and mm -hmm. them working together because there isn't an automatic reason why the two of them should con conflict beyond the fact that uh, vampires are blood-sucking parasites and uh, tend to harm people around them. But, so, but changelings harm people around them in their own way. You know, It's part of being in the world of darkness, I guess. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I would like to see something like that. So there you go, people. Storyteller's Vault time. <laughs> Someone do the most work you've ever done on a Storyteller's Vault project. Yes, like I that. want to see Kia Seed being made into a full clan. <laughs> Uh, so how do you say Kia Seed, you two? Do you say Kia Seed, Kaya Seed, Kaya Sheed? I've always said Kia Seed. I've always said Kia Seed. Which now that I say it just sounds like Chia Seeds, and that's not nearly as scary as it was until I thought about Chia Seeds. Until you, until you, unless you choke on a Chia Seed, then it becomes very scary. And Eddie, you say Chia Seed. Kia Seed. Kia Seed. Oh, that's interesting. That's how they... someone else said they saw it, Kia Seed. And there's, uh, see, I thought the SYD at the end was a sort of sheed thing, you know? Like, probably. A, like a sort of Sithy Honest, thing. Honestly, I've probably said that word fewer than 10 times in my entire life. So, and, and now <laughs> like, I've said it about three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly haven't put much thought into that one. It is the most, to my mind, most commonly misspelled bloodline name in Vampire the Masquerade, oddly. Bloodline, uh, yes, but not because yeah. because Misi is still way up there. Yeah, it's still up there for the class. Misi is Misi. Yeah. Every time I have to one. type that, I have to look it up on the wiki. I'm yeah. like, how do you spell that word? I mean, I've added it to my dictionary for like editing purposes. If I'm typing in like a Discord and I'm trying to write it, I'm like, I I should know this by now. I always want to put an S in it earlier than there's supposed to be one. Right. Did I ever tell you guys my story about uh, vampire pronunciations when I was working in the MMO? Yeah. Yes, we talked okay. about that on the path on the podcast. I think. Okay. Um, uh, suffice to say, I did research on that, and it was it was a, quite a rabbit hole. Yeah. Although there is still a very funny video uh, from a few years ago that somebody made where they asked all of the different folks at White Wolf uh, Paradox and a few other people, I think, how they pronounced that specific clan name, mm -hmm. and uh, everyone said it differently. <laughs> I believe it. That's that's that tracks my experience. Yeah. 
Um, uh, we'll say, as we've only got about 10 minutes left, I think, uh, by all means, people watching, listening on onyxpathcar.com, we've got our links to our charities. Please do check them out uh, because we would love to see that funding go up. And also, don't miss out on the fact that we've got a lot of discounts on RPGs as well, both in hard copy and PDF. Uh, you can look at all of those on onyxpathcon.com. And yeah, so people listening to this later on don't know that all of that's going to be available, but uh, you never know. I don't know how long these things are supposed to last. <laughs> you can always donate to charity. So if you're listening to this in a week or two weeks' time, donate to charity because I'm asking you to. Right, Is all it takes? One. Yep. Just, just pick one. Someone might think he's right. I could, and I would. <laughs> We're getting Transformers questions now. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Do you want to? Do you want to open this genie bottle? Do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Someone did ask what, what what the power stat for Transformers would be. Energon, obviously. Yes, I I definitely knew that. I mean, who, obviously everyone knows that, and by everyone I mean nobody probably but me knows that. Although there was um a fan game of Transformers Beast Wars that came out like the late 90s or 2000s um, mm -hmm. uh, that was using the storyteller system. So it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. There have been some really interesting uh, storyteller system fan works over the years. Some better than others. Like some actually pretty good ones. Uh, yeah. The yeah, Gargoyles game always comes to mind. Oh, the one that for the cartoon series? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, some of the fucking... <laughs> things that the <laughs> auto moderator catches in the chat Rock is grabbing. super weird yeah um we've um let's think uh, so, so fenris has said i want a sandy peterson history of fan-made rpgs um well i don't think sandy peterson is going to work for us to make that but uh <laughs> we could <laughs> you, you never know um there have been a lot as uh, as dixie said yeah, lots of storyteller system fan games. Highlander is the famous one. Was hosted mm -hmm. by the BJ Zanzibar. That's uh, the uh, old Zanzibar's World of Darkness. Yes. Yeah, ye oldy World of Darkness fan website. Uh, but there's been lots of uh, fan games since then. It's an interesting thing because as full-time creators of these things, we don't tend to wade into that, even when they're good, uh, reputedly good, because. There's the possibility, and this goes for even submissions. If submissions are sent to us without an NDA, we won't read them. Mm -hmm. right? uh, because there is the slight, slight possibility. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is there's a slight possibility that we could read it, do nothing with it, because maybe it's not what we're looking for at the time, or it wasn't written in the way we want, or what have you. And then a year or two later, we might use some of those ideas. Now, we're always going to take inspiration from places, things we watch, things we read, but it, there's the very real risk of being accused of plagiarism if you read, what's the, is it Genius, for instance? I think Genius of Transgression, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I've never read it. I hear it's good, but if I read it, let's say I want to do a new World of Darkness game or a new Chronicles of Darkness game, maybe there's some ideas in that game. I can't use them anymore right. because I've read it and that would be plagiarism. Yeah, people actually every time, like, this actually just happened, and like, I'm not mad about it, but this just happened after um, our, our last panel uh, this, this morning where somebody asked what games you all want to make, and I, I'm always like, magical girl, girl power type game, like, in, in influenced by, you know, 
Buffy and Sailor Moon and Xena and Sheer Princess of Power, like all mashed into one awesome, awesome game um, that, 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 that centers women in power. Um, and everybody always is like, oh, have you read Princess the Hopeful or have you read this magical girl like fan splat? And I'm like, well, first of all, we don't even own storyteller or storytelling. So like, right. if I'm going to do it, I'm probably not going to do like a Chronicles fan splat or a, like Chronicles game because that wouldn't make sense. Right. Um, even if we did own it, Chronicles of Darkness isn't really where I want to set like my Sailor Moon Xena Buffy game, you know, like that's <laughs> a, like I want to set it somewhere a little bit more light than that. Mm. Um, and then two, yeah, I don't want to read it and be like, that's a great idea. And then accidentally steal it because it's so easy to read something. And then two years later, think it's your own idea. Um, like, and yes, I know there's going to be a Fortune of Darkness game called that, and I'm not going to look at it because I don't want to look at it <laughs> because everybody keeps mentioning it, and I want to do my own version, and I yep. don't want it to be, like, influenced by anything. We've yep. just posted in the chat, so we're about to do a giveaway of PDFs for Scion Origin and Scion Heroes. That's two PDFs. Uh, if you would like to be considered for a free copy, please say hi, how are you doing, or donate to charity right now, and we will enter you in a raffle one of you will be the happy winner of two free pdfs yeah All you have to do is post something in the chat to say you're interested and that can just be a hi there you go hot dog wizard got it we are gonna end this uh, one i don't a mean little... hot dog wizard one might may do but <laughs> we are gonna end this one a little bit early uh, we're gonna end it around 55 like five till i think uh just because folks have very little time between panels and we're just gonna ramble otherwise uh <laughs> a bit so, like the last 47 minutes i mean yeah so if you have any other questions in the next eight minutes get them in uh while we wrap this up otherwise we're just going to keep talking to each other or we might just start ignoring the chat and playing mario kart um oh one thing uh not all of you uh oh, not all of you this is a very bad way of starting a sentence some of you may be unaware that legend lore is currently on kickstarter so it behooves us to point you toward it uh legend lore is a fantasy dungeons and dragons-esque game it uses the fifth edition system and is set in the wonderful deep world of the realm uh, it's a game in which you can play characters either from that place or traveled from other places it's very much a nexus world where you could play versions of yourself you could play characters from forgotten realms scarred lands any other dnd setting ravenloft if you can work out how to get out of ravenloft and you can basically play in this world in legend lore which has its own fantastic vibrant setting with some wonderful new additions to the 5th edition system uh, that I strongly recommend. Uh, we have hit funding on that Kickstarter, so we're now angling towards stretch goals. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, yeah, I just have to say, it is amazingly well written. The team behind it are so talented, and I really want to see that book do well. So if you can, and if you're interested, not only can you back it on Kickstarter, but the entire manuscript is free already on DriveThruRPG. So you go on DriveThruRPG.com, you can download Legend Lore in manuscript version now, for nothing. For nothing. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's really awesome. As I brought up before, it is like an isekai style game where you're dropped into the realm. Although it is confusing that it's the realm because we have the realm and Exalted and every time someone mentions the realm, I'm like, wait, what, where? Because um, right. I think you'd rather go to the legend or the realm than the land of the Scarlet Empress, but you know. Um, Probably, yeah. Generally. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's super cool. I love that you can play yourself. I love that you can play yourself no matter who yourself is uh, right now. And I love that you get to kind of be whoever you want to be as well once you cross over, which is really, really nifty. 
Um, we've tried to keep the art and the uh, text and everything very inclusive and diverse, and I hope it continues to reflect that because that's what we want Legend Lore to be. Uh, so uh, Karen HJ has asked, and actually asked at a previous panel as well, um, uh, favorite strains from Dystopia Rising Evolution. Um, and, and I'll have to say that mine definitely is the townies. Um, just because I thought that art is really, really cool. You have the book. I can't, I can't answer without the book. <laughs> I can just like put the pages until you find what you like. I have to find a list so I remember. Well, no, there's like a bunch of them. Like there's like 24. There, there's 24 of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm putting lineage. I mean, cause, cause like, I, I like both the Yorkers and the Baywalkers. I like the dynamic the Yorkers and the Baywalkers have with each other. Um, you know, the fact that basically just being in the same room can send them, send each of them off. I just find that particularly interesting. Um, so, so yeah, I, I personally enjoy the, the townies. And it looks like, uh, 307 RPG has won copies of both Scion Origin and Hero. So congratulations. Yay, congrats. I don't remember all of the DRE stuff, but I remember liking, I'm trying to remember if this is like a strain or like a, a group. I, I like, who are the people who worship like various rock stars and stuff? Oh, that's the um, uh, like uh, kings and queens of the court. Um, yeah, and that was a religion. Yeah, but that was yeah. cool too. But like, I want to like, I don't. Yeah, I like a lot of the strains, but I I want to do that religion because I think it would be cool to base. Uh, like, what I find interesting about dystopia raising is that so many people go to like you know classic rock folks when they're making those, or like classic yeah. blues singers or whatever. But like, really, dystopia raising is happening really far in the future, so it would be super fun to have like. The you know Carly Rae Jepsen church or the Lady Gaga church or mm, yep. you know a K-pop church yeah 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 the like oh my God, like, yes. the, like BTS Army church yeah so like anybody <laughs> who's like popular now and that's that's what I think would be almost more fun is like yeah sure the Church of Bowie but like I mean come on I've been in the Church of Bowie since I was four already that's normal <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, not, that's real. not role play. Yeah, yeah, but like I think taking somebody like I would love to do like a like a Billie Eilish based one. Um, it would just be really really fun to be like this is my religion, uh, yeah. and then have it be not what everybody expects. Because uh, yeah, really like want- everyone I've seen goes for like classic rock or classic blues, and I'm like, why isn't why are people going for like NWA or something? Like, aren't people going for Run the Jewels? Like, those would be great churches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got a few questions, so shall we do them quick fire style? Yeah, quick fire. Okay, then. So I'll go. We'll go Dixie, Eddie, Matthew each time. Okay. Uh, so here we go. I'm trying to find them all. We have uh, from from Trevoke. If changing the dreaming isn't your jam, Dixie, uh, what ways do you find to enjoy being a player? So let's broaden this. How do you enjoy being a player in a game that you don't normally gravitate towards? Um, I find that if I don't know a game as well or I'm not familiar with it, um, I just I, I tend to just lean into whatever stereotype I'm kind of playing um, and just try to bounce off the other characters. Uh, I find a lot of times, like in the Exalted game last night, I find that sometimes being a foil to someone else's character is a really good way to kind of get into the game, even if you don't have as much to say. So if you've got your like talkative character, like I very much let Neil play the like talkative vivacious character last night because he's much more familiar with exalted and i played the like you know long suffering like head and hands whenever he says something stupid kind of character because that's fun and like that's that's a that's a fun dynamic to watch on tv and it's a fun thing to have at the table sometimes so that's that's where i am i'm falling for my comfort zone if i don't like have as much to say i tend to play the character who's just like eye rolling and sighing and being like fine 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 like still driving the story forward but it is like it's still a fun character to watch. 
it's kind of fun to play because I'm not that mean in real life. Like I was, I'm, I very much have that like retail mindset where I'm, I try to be super nice all the time. So being able to be like, oh, you suck. It's kind of fun. Uh, so I'm going to flick the next question to you, Eddie. Where do you stand on dragon blooded? Um, wow. Wasn't that for uh, me? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> We're mixing uh, uh, it up. I, I will say, um, uh, I, I, I think when I do think about Exalted, I tend to gravitate towards that group specifically. Um, but I think that may just be because I've watched an awful lot of Avatar Last Mind Airbender, and it always reminds me of Dragon Blood games every time I watch that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting based on like when Avatar came out and when Exalted was first coming out and which animes were out at the time. Because there's definitely certain times where I'll be looking at, at, at something in Exalted and I'm like, oh, the writers definitely watched X and then wrote this. Uh, we also have a question here that I'll answer. It's aimed at me. Do you actually have to pick and choose what you remember from projects versus the encyclopedia of all of Vampire? Uh, that's actually a good question, and it's probably something I'm going to get weaker at as I get older. Uh, I probably absorbed as much Vampire lore, Forgotten Realms lore, Planescape lore, uh, when I was growing up because I was so immersed in it reading book constantly uh, because I just enjoyed reading them and so now it comes a second nature it's like ha my having an encyclopedic knowledge of the Beatles or the Bond movies or whatever it's just something I've accumulated so now it is very much more skim reading if I need to learn a game most games uh, I will I still read through them I still need to learn the settings and the system so if I'm hired to write on something I'm not just making it all up but yeah I think it's more likely that I will within the next few months start to forget the finer details because I will have moved on to something else but the vampire knowledge will never go away yeah. With that said, we are at time. Um, I'm not going to do all the socials and everything because I'm assuming if we put this up as an actual podcast, we'll be recording an intro and outro. Uh, so should I end this awkwardly the way we always do, which is uh, now back to the outro? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Back to the outro. Wasn't that fun? I'm cock-a-hoop. Hoop? You're a what? It's, uh, it's an... <laughs> Admittedly, I don't think it's a saying that's really exited Britain, but it used to be a saying that I'm cock a hoop is a is I'm I'm having a good time, a gay old time. Uh, cock hyphen a hyphen hoop. Huh. And I don't know its origins. I'm sure this is where usually if I'm rattling on at length, especially if I'm rattling on at Eddie, Dixie will be suddenly diving onto Google, typing in cock-a-hoop, finding out its origins. And now I'm going to be incredibly disappointed if she's just staring witheringly into her microphone. So Dixie, <laughs> <laughs> what does cock-a-hoop mean? Uh, people are unsure about the origin of the expression. It's a mid-17th century expression. That's uh, my era. Apparent, apparently it's from the phrase set to cock a hoop of unknown origin, apparently denoting the action of turning on the tap and allowing liquor to flow. Yeah. That, uh, that was not my first ten guesses. <laughs> <laughs> so it just means to be festive, happily exulting, it says. Uh, but yeah, some folks say it might be from a, a drinking sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Uh, so, Exalting. So, we need a book for Exalted called Cock a Hoop. <laughs> we could probably do a charm. Yeah. Resplendent Cock a Hoop. <laughs> Resplendent Cock a Hoop style. Gregarious Cock a Hoop. 
I think that that's a that's a name for a werewolf, isn't it? <laughs> werewolf the yeah, Apocalypse. I think, I think I I think that's the name of your future Exalted character. Whenever we run Exalted for Gregarious you, Gregarious Cockerhoop. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll just call you Greg. Yeah, and I always sternly correct you because there's nothing gregarious about me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I love it. So I hope everybody enjoyed that live podcast. Uh, I should have probably mentioned the quality up front, and I didn't. Uh, if you had issues with the quality, it's because we didn't do three separate tracks for recording because it was obviously a live Twitch stream. Um, so apologies afterwards, I guess. Oops. Yeah, we did briefly try to use our normal recording method, but then we realized that we were hearing audio from two different streams. And so it was this constant reverberation echo and it just got very distracting. So we just didn't do it. Yeah, we didn't want to cross the streams. Right. We've heard that's bad from hey, somewhere. Hey. I don't know where. Ghoul Slayers, I think, something like that. Ghoul... Smashers. Cool Smashers. That was probably it. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Cool Smashers. Smashers. I had a Super <laughs> Nintendo game called Ghoul Patrol, actually. And now it's only now I'm realizing, oh, hang on. That is, that's just <laughs> Ghostbusters, isn't it? But, uh, but it's a knockoff <laughs> version of Ghostbusters. <laughs> 30 years later. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah I've done that a few times. I I love it when you as an adult suddenly get something that you never got as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, huh. Like like jingles that are puns and things like that, where you're just like, oh, I was very stupid as a child. Right. Because you don't have the context when you're a child, then you grow up thinking that's just, well, that's just how it is. There's no other context because I never had the context, so I never assumed there was context. And at some point in time, you discover context, and it's just like, oh, right. Or or sometimes I feel like you just hear it without getting the joke so many times that you become numb to it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know the, uh, the, the, the K Jewelers commercials, Every Kiss Begins with K? Yeah. It took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that's because the word kiss begins with, with the K. letter K. Yeah. Yep, took me a really long, like, because I, I I first heard that as, like, a six-year-old, and my brain was just like, I guess if you buy people jewelry, you get kisses. I don't know. Like, I was a dumb child. Um, and then, yeah, as I, like, got older, I was like, oh, also apologize for the use of the word dumb. I try not to use that word. Um, but I was a very silly child, and then I... Uh, I grew up and at one point in my like 20s was like, I never got that and I feel very silly about it. <laughs> when, I, when I grew up, I was often watching the Carry On films. Carry On films are a kind of British comedy staple that ran from the 60s into the 70s to much popularity. Uh, sort of seaside postcard humour, very bawdy, lots of... Uh, buttocks on display occasionionally and and sending up prurient people that kind of thing and mm-hmm. um i used to love them when i was little just because of all the all the bottoms and all the innuendos that i actually understood and all the faces people were pulling and i watched one called uh, it's not i think it's just called follow that camel but it's commonly known as carry on follow that camel as phil silvers in actually and um there's a part, this is one of those stories I tell that has absolutely no payoff, so bear with me. And uh, Oh, good. I'm glad that you said that. I to be disappointed. Yeah, well, you know, I, I like to set your expectations. The There's a point in it where um, they're referring to sort of getting it on in, amidst the sand dunes. And someone says, um, there's been many a fiddle played on an old dune. And as a child, I had no idea what that meant. 
And it's based on a apparently an old British saying, there's many a tune played on an old fiddle. And watching the film again relatively recently, a character says, ah, many a fiddle was played on an old dune. And I thought, oh, actually, that's quite an intelligent play on words that I never would have understood as a child, and I'm sure not many people laugh at now. So, yeah, there you go. As I said, no payoff. I, I Those love are the best stories, though. They just I, kind of grind to a halt. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love stories, anecdotes, jokes where the where the punchline is non-existent. I don't know why. It's almost like, especially if I can do it in person, it's watching people's rising anticipation just for the fizzle out at the end. My friend Mike used to tell a very long winding joke to which there was no punchline um and he would get people with it at parties all the time <laughs> and i just was delighted watching him do it. like i would just like he, you know he would find some new group of people and like mike mike was a very like animated talkative mm. big big hands big big facial expressions guy and he would tell this like 15 minute story that everyone thought had a punchline and it did not and it made me so happy every time to watch them just kind of walk away confused. They, they the other thing I like to do occasionally is to um, play up to what people expect to be a really trench pub line and go different direction. Like, you know, take my wife, for example. You know? <laughs> 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 and on that note, uh, Matthew, if people wanted to find you so that you could tell them an interminable story with no point... Where would they do so? Pretty much anywhere that I exist, to be honest, is a good place for that. <laughs> uh, but alternatively, they can go to MatthewDawkins.com for a more direct route, or they can go on Twitter and find me as clack, click, bang. And Eddie? Um, you can find me uh, on PugSteady.com. That's where you can get access to most of my social media accounts, uh, or I'm generally kind of hanging around. And uh, right These days, I actually have been hanging out a fair bit on the uh, Onyx Path Discord. Super fun. I'm off. I'm often there too. Uh, you can find me at Dixie Cyanide on most social media. You can find me at DixieCochran.com. And I am also on a bunch of discords just kind of lurking and poking around and occasionally yelling at people because I'm the main moderator for the Onyx Path one right now. Uh, there will be links to that discord in the show notes. You can find us at theonyxpath.com. And as always, many worlds, one pathcast. <laughs>